why do we as humans, when we see roadkill, when we see a dead animal of any kind, right? All of us feel sad, right? It's like, you know, you see the blood and you're repulsed. You're, you're, it's, it's gross, right? You see it and you're like, but we're blind to the fact that that's actually what we're eating when we eat burgers, when we eat bacon, right? It's dead cow, it's dead pig. And it goes against every sort of natural tendency that your body has. You know, all of us, if we saw a pig stuck in a fence, you, you know, you're walking home from school today and there's a pig or a cat or anything stuck in a fence that's, you know, hurting, we're compassionate beings. A lion would go eat it and be fired up and be like licking its chops and like excited about it. But humans naturally, like we don't, we'd, we'd go help it. We're, we're compassionate. We're, we're not made naturally to eat this stuff. Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. All right, welcome back or welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I got an interesting uh, sort of different one this week. It's not like a typical sit-down interview-style podcast. Um, I actually recorded a talk I gave uh, at Hingham High School the other day um, in uh, a couple of the health classes. Uh, this is something I'm just very passionate about. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not about telling people what to eat and how to live their life, uh, but I do feel very strongly that every single kid, every single parent, every person in, in the U.S. and beyond should at least be given the data and know the facts and then be able to decide uh, for themselves. So um, I share my personal story. Um, if you're new to the podcast, uh, you might not know it. So I, I briefly talk about my story, um, and then we kind of do a little interactive um sort of a whiteboard session and answer some questions. Uh, so the, the, uh, the first talk I gave, I have on here um, the full length of it uh, with the questions and everything. And then at the end, um, I added some of the questions from the second class and at the end, so there's kind of like a abrupt shift there. But um, yeah, I will uh, let you guys listen. Um, hopefully, you know, uh, this, you know, maybe got some people... Some kids thinking a little bit differently about, you know, what they eat and, and why they eat certain things. And um, again, that's this is just an example of why um, I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I really wish, you know, whether it was sophomore year like these kids are in or at any point in my life that I was given this information. Again, it's up to them to decide if they want to do something about it. But, you know, arming them with with the knowledge um, and, and leaving the rest up to them is, is my goal with all of this and, and why I got started doing this podcast. And, and this is, this is what I love doing, sharing my story and, and just making people aware of kind of all, all the data and, and the facts we have out here. So, uh, without further ado, uh, two awesome, uh, sophomore health classes, uh, at Hingham High. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start off by just giving you a little background. Last time I was in, I, I told kind of my elongated story to a lot of, a couple classes here. Um, so I'm going to shorten it up because I want to get into, you know, talking talking a little bit about food and, and uh, you know, get questions from you guys and everything. So I grew up right across the street um, from the high school on Union Street here and. uh I, uh, you know, only 10 years ago was sitting in a classroom like this uh, with Miss Beattie, um, you know, going through health classes. Uh, I played football, basketball, did rowing here. Uh, I then played uh, college football. And then uh, after school, I, you know, kind of was a normal person and working in the working kind of world. And 
Uh, it was the first kind of time I really started to take nutrition seriously and kind of what I ate. And I was kind of at a point where I was working out like a madman. I was eating what I always thought was healthy, you know, kind of high protein diets, a lot of, a lot of lean meats and that sort of stuff. And um, I could just never sort of achieve how I wanted to. I was still carrying around like this football weight, right? I could never achieve like how I wanted to look and feel. Uh, I also had a lot of kind of normal issues that I'm sure everybody in here has, whether it be allergies or asthma, you know, skin issues like acne and stuff like that, that I had had since I was, you know, 12, 13 years old, and it just continued. And uh, I got to a point where I just decided to have an open mind, try something different. Um, I knew it couldn't be, the answer couldn't be like working out more to achieve how I wanted to, to look and feel. Uh, so I decided to mix up my diet and try something new, and I um, called at the time. I didn't know what it was, but uh, I kind of stumbled into what most people call now as a plant-based diet or a vegan diet. I, I tend to use the term plant-based because I think a lot of people are frankly turned off by the word vegan. Um, so once I did that and I started eating, so to kind of give you a definition of plant-based, so it's basically no, no animal products and, and specifically whole food plant-based. So you're eating vegetables, fruits, uh, grains like uh, rice and quinoa, that sort of stuff, uh, beans, nuts, seeds. Um, and there's a ton of those that I had never eaten my entire life until I kind of stumbled into this. And over the course of, of, of six months of kind of following that, for the most part, I wasn't perfect, but I'd say 90% of that six-month period was that's what I ate. And everything that I had had in my life since, since very young, the, the allergies, I used to carry around an EpiPen. I was very allergic to cats, so if I was in a house with a cat, you know, my arteries, would, my, my airways would clog up and, you know, I'd have to, you know, go to the doctor or go to the emergency room. So I carried an EpiPen. I had inhalers that, you know, I always had in my workout bag, always had in my football bag, carried around everywhere. Uh, I had, you know, skin issues that I always blamed on, like, sweaty clothes and pads from working out. Um, and a number of kind of other bodily issues that I won't scare you with. But in that six-month period, all of those went away, right? And it was pretty crazy because I had never been given that option my entire life, right? When I'd go to the doctor, I was given the cream. I was given the pill. I was given the inhaler. Nobody ever approached me and said, hey, it's cool. You know, eat what you want. You know, it's your life. Do your thing. But there is this other option over here that you could try, you know, eating this whole food plant-based diet that, you know, it, it's not a cure-all, but for a lot of people, you know, these things will go away as of it. And I, I stopped what I was doing at the time because it was such kind of a crazy experience. And I, you know, quit my job I was working at and uh, decided to find out why nobody told me. And uh, the next year or so, I read, I learned how to read nutritional studies I took courses, I uh, ended up writing a book, starting a podcast uh, to try to tell people about this. And what I found, having now been three, four years of, you know, reading nutritional studies like a total nerd uh, <laughs> that I actually like enjoy doing now, um, is that I was clearly eating completely wrong my whole life and the way I was eating is very normal. Um, and very much the norm in, in America today. And again, nobody gave me that option. And, you know, I'm, I'm here today talking to you guys and do what I do now because I just want people to know that there is the option if they, if they want, you know, to, to know more about it. And um, I like to give the analogy of, of um, a rock in your shoe, right? So if you're walking around with a, the, the way kind of our, our system works today is, say you have a rock stuck in your shoe, right? And it's, it's giving you foot pain and you're walking around, right? You can either reach down and just take the rock out, right? But what, what we do with medicine and what we do in today's world is, you know, it, we, you know, get, get shoes with, with more padding or we, you know, add another, we, we get new shoes that have more padding. We, take uh, Advil to deal with the pain, you know? 
So uh, I'm trying to give you an analogy on the fact that we just treat symptoms instead of just going to the problem and curing the problem, um, which is just taking the rock out of your shoe. And that's, that's changing your diet versus, you know, adding a pill in or adding an inhaler in. Um, so that's kind of my story. And now I kind of want to get a little interactive and uh, I'm going to use the board here and uh, hopefully we can, we can learn some stuff. Sound good? So does anybody know, you guys can uh, just, just shout it out too, does anybody know the top three um, diseases that kill Americans? Does anybody know what they are? Heart disease is one. All right, so let me go heart disease. All right, who's got another? Cancer. Right, cancer. And what's another? What's another one? Again, very common. Some people in here may even have it. It's more, um, people live with it a lot more commonly. Diabetes. Diabetes. All right, so that's three. Don't be afraid to get the wrong answer. Just, just fire. Um, any idea? So who knows somebody that's had a, had a heart attack in here? Right? Most, most people, I know my dad had heart surgery before he was 40. Um, so very close to me. Any, anybody know how many people a year die of heart disease in the U.S.? What's that? So, <laughs> not quite, but, uh, so six, 600,000 die each year, and the number of people that live with heart disease or so are walking around with heart disease that are taking, you know, uh, statin drugs for their heart disease is 30 million. I'm not going to write that number, just 30, 30 million, okay? Um, anybody know how many people die of cancer a year? So uh, uh, around the same number. Um, no, these are, these are pretty accurate on the top. Uh, the cancers are kind of broken down into the different types, but I'm kind of generalizing. But yeah, these are three of the top, you know, 10 killers in our country. Uh, diabetes, any guesses? So about, in terms of people dying, it's about 300,000. But again, 30 million are currently living with it in the U.S. And the stat on diabetes is that one in, in three children in the U.S. by 2050 will have diabetes. That's kind of the, the track we're on. Kids, not even, not even adults. So, uh, uh, so cancer uh, is about half of that in terms of people deaths each year. So you're talking big numbers, right? Every year, every year consistently. By the time I finish this talk, you know, 40 people will have died from one of these, right? Uh, to give you a, a comparison of something that, you know, we're all kind of scared of, I always like, like to give the terrorism example. Anybody know on average how many Americans die of terrorism in the U.S. each year? It's like two. Okay, so two a year. So you look at these numbers, you have, in terms of things that are killing Americans, right, you have... 600, 600, 300, right? So, you know, roughly 1.5 million, million and a half people each year. And, and that's only getting higher. And then you have, you know, terrorism that kills too. So if we had somebody like the Boston bomber or some terrorist rolling around with an Uzi killing this many people each year, we, we'd probably be talking about it, right? Country would shut down, would figure out, What's the deal here? Why, are, why is this guy walking around killing a million and a half people a year? Uh, we'd, be, we'd be talking about it. We'd be figuring it out, right? So next, I want to share a stat with you. This is from the American Cancer Association. So if you go on AmericanCancerAssociation.com or .org, maybe, uh, this is you know, readily available info to, to everybody. Um, five to 10% of all cancers sorry for my handwriting, are genetic. So does anybody know what that means? So basically, 5 to 10%, and I'm, I'm picking on cancer here because I think it's one of the more scarier ones that you know, we, we face, and when a loved one gets cancer, there's, 
we kind of throw up our hands and say there's nothing we can do, and it's sad, right? Um, so 5 to 10% of all cancers worldwide are, are genetic, meaning you're, you're born with this genetic defect. There's nothing you can do about it. There are some things you can do about it, but you're likely, it's a, ultimately, you're, you're probably going to die of cancer. So the other over 90 plus percent of this number here, and I can get into these later, but it's, it's maybe even higher for those ones. So over 90% of these diseases that are killing 1.5 million people a year are based on your diet and lifestyle, right? So a lot of people like to say when they get cancer, they get heart disease, it runs in the family, right? It's genetic. There's nothing I can do about it. But my dad had heart disease. My mom had breast cancer. You know, I'm more likely to get it. I'm going to get it, right? And that's not true. <laughs> it's, it's actually a result of what we're finding now is when it runs in the family, it's because the lifestyle of the families is the same, right? You're either a family that, you know, you get together with mom and dad for the Patriots game and you sit around, you have a bunch of nachos and beer and, and wings and that sort of stuff, or you're the type of family that spends Sundays outside hiking and eating a salad. So it's more about family lifestyle than actually you know, it runs in the family genetic-wise. Um, so if that's the case, which we now know without a doubt, over 90% of these are preventable by what you eat and do every day. Well, we know, right, the benefits of exercise. Everybody knows you should get out, you know, we play a sport, go for a walk, you know, move around, not be, you know, Snapchatting all day, like, from your, from your bed, right? Um, we all know that. So we know we need to move on the diet side, right? What should we be eating then to not end up in one of these numbers, okay? So next stat I'm going to give here is, let me cross this off. Actually, before I give that, I'm going to ask a question. So if I asked you guys what is something you guys need to eat to be strong and healthy, what would you say? Protein. Protein. Everybody agree? So across the board, I talk a lot. <laughs> I interview a lot of people across the board. Protein is the first thing I answer when, when, when people think about what they need to get to be healthy, right? So I'm going to write protein over here. So what are some foods that you guys eat to get protein? Nuts, Nuts is a good one. Steak. Steak, chicken, meat. Fish, eggs. Okay, so... Cool, so we got the point across, right? The majority of these things are, are meats, right? They're, they're chicken, they're steak, they're hamburgers, or that sort of stuff, right? Um, so next I'm going to give you one. The World Health Organization is this, is this group that is kind of the in charge of telling us what we should eat or what they recommend we should eat worldwide for everybody, everybody's general health, okay? And three years ago, in 2015, they called processed meats. So things like, I'm sure some of you just had them for lunch, right? So hamburgers, chicken patties, meatballs, um, any sort of processed meats, they deemed a, what they call a, a class one carcinogen, okay? Anybody know what that is? Does anybody know? So basically, it just a class one carcinogen is something that we know with all the you know evidence we have that it promotes the, the growth of, of cancer in our bodies. Okay. Does anybody know what another widely used class one carcinogen is in our in our country and worldwide? Cigarettes. Cigarettes. So. Some other things on this list. So you have processed meats, 
You have processed meats, you have cigarettes, you have tar, you have asbestos, if anybody knows what that is. Like this list of, of things you would never, most of us wouldn't do, most of us wouldn't smoke, most of us wouldn't eat tar or, or breathe in chemicals, right? Processed meat is on that same list, right? We know that it promotes bad health and cancer in our bodies. So, another one for you. The American Cancer Association. Not only, again, this is another one you can look up on, on websites and, and readily accessible, that not only processed meats um, are, are cancer-causing, but... Um, all animal protein of all kind promote what, what's called IGF-1, which is the cancer growth hormone in your body, okay? So IGF-1, all animal protein. Okay, so these are two things I did not know three years ago. Uh, nobody ever told me them. Um, you know, and, and I, I would imagine by the looks on some of your faces that it's new to you, too. Um, so um, this is so much, this is so true that actually Canada, uh, as of 2018, so do you guys know, like, the food triangle? Yeah. So, like, the food triangle that governments put out for their citizens, what you should eat to kind of be healthy and a balanced diet. Canada removed dairy. So they no longer have dairy at all on their food triangle. And they advise, don't, they advise their, their citizens not to eat dairy. For these same reasons, they, you know, they have this information, right? So if meats, meat and dairy both contribute to these numbers, right, and 90% of those numbers are what you eat and do, then what should we be eating, right? So on the other side of all this is, is plant-based foods, right, or, or plants. And... Um, to give a kind of a, a comparison of where I think we are kind of getting back to the cigarettes, right? Uh, so the World Health Organi Organization uh, declared, you know, processed meats and, and, and other meats a carcinogen, right? They did the same thing uh, back in 1965 for cigarettes, but they didn't do it until the first study that said, that proved cigarettes caused cancer was done in, in the early 1930s. It took 11,000 studies to, to, uh, until that pr all proved cancer caused, um, uh, cigarettes caused cancer for them to do something about it, to require the label and the packaging, to uh, announce this. So the fact that they have done this, right, that announced it, they have that level of information. They have thousands and thousands and thousands of studies saying that these foods do this. So I believe, and a lot of experts believe, that we're kind of living through this time where, you know, if you were maybe sort of in the know in 1940, 1950, when the information started to creep out, um, and you kind of had a choice that you could, uh, maybe the smoking thing isn't very good, um, or you had the choice, the choice to ignore it because it was so normal at that time, I know I'm even too young to know exactly what the time was like, but if you go back and you look at the ads and all, all, all kinds of things, it was so normal, right? You woke up, you had a cigarette with breakfast, your doctor smoked, your, everybody smoked, it was so normal. So again, I believe we're at a time where animal consumption is so normal, right? It's ingrained in everyday society, it's just what we do, right? It's how we grew up, I grew up like that. We, you know, we, we all grew up like that, it's just normal to, eat the foods we eat and we don't think about it. And we're kind of at this place now where we have the information, we have all the data, and just like smoking, we can wait until our government tells us that eh, you might want to lay off the, the meat and dairy, or you know, you can you can take action now and maybe, you know, change it and, and not become one of these numbers like just like the people that didn't want to except a sort of different mentality back in the smoking area and, and likely wound up with, with lung cancer and things like that. Um, so I do want to say that none of this is meant to scare any of you. This is meant to empower you. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's good news. I think it's good news that we know that we're in control unless we're 
in that small 5%, which we're not, you know, most of us are definitely not in that 5% that we're in full control of our health. We can, we can eat foods that, you know, keep us healthy and keep us, keep us around for, you know, our families and that sort of stuff. Um, so I, I babbled on a little bit there, but do you guys want to kind of go through a day of eating and maybe I can give you some like alternatives that you can maybe give a shot if you wanted to kind of eat more of what I'm calling, you know, a plant-based sort of diet. So breakfast, most people, what, eggs, cereal, pancakes, that sort of stuff for the most part? Yeah. So anybody know some like plant-based sources that would make for an awesome breakfast? Oatmeal is an awesome one. Granola, a lot of granolas. You can still make pancakes, you know. You just, you just use uh, almond milk, soy milk, that sort of stuff instead of the dairy. Uh, maple syrup's good, you know. You can still eat that type of stuff. Um, fruit, obviously fruit, any kind of fruit is awesome. Um, how about lunch? I mean, PB&J's in. You can do PB&J still, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, obviously, salads, rice, beans, um, anything like that, more fruit. Um, you know, you can buy just about anything now. You know, there, there is a plant-based version of everything now. You walk into the supermarket, there's, you know, plant-based burgers now. There's plant-based, you know, meats of all kinds. They're not super healthy, but... They're better than the alternative, right? Um, dairy is easy. You can get plant-based cheese now. You can get plant-based milks. You can get plant-based yogurts. What's that? So it's all made, most of them are made of nuts. So you'll take, uh, you'll take cashews, you'll take almonds, you'll take soy. Um, you'll blend them up. Yeah, and, and you make sure. What's that? In cheese. In cheese, yeah. Yeah. I will... I will uh, on the cheese front, for those that just want to think about it maybe a little differently, it took me a while to start thinking about it differently. But we are, I guess, to kind of tie what I said, like if what I'm telling you is in fact true, which I know it to be, um, why is this, right? Why does the human body obviously not respond well to animal products, right? And, and when it comes to milk, when it comes to cheese, when you think about it, right? We're the only animal being on the planet that eats, that drinks the, the milk of another animal. It's just weird. Like that milk is meant for, you know, a baby calf to grow up, just like a human's mother's milk is meant for a child to grow up. So um, why do these foods, why do animals react bad in our body? If you look at the human body, we are exactly like every other herbivore, which is a plant-eating animal on the earth. We're, we're exactly like them. We have, we have short digest, uh, we have long digestive tracts, uh, just like every other herbivore. We have, like if you took out kind of the modern stuff that we're all used to, the, the modern processes and how our food system works, and you, you know, went outside and you were like, all right, I, I need to, I need to, you know, get something to eat, and you were living in the wild, you know, we don't have claws to kill a cow, if you, if you went out and tried to eat a pig, right? Like our, our bodies aren't made for it. Our teeth are supposed to grind. They're not predator teeth. They're not, uh, we're just not built for it. So when we are actually herbivores, right? Plant eaters that behave like carnivores and, and um, omnivores that eat both, uh, we just, our bodies don't know what to do with it. We're not built for that. Um, another example is if you look at uh, an animal that's supposed to eat meat, like a, a tiger or a lion, right, that is a predator that's built to kill, right? They, probably the biggest difference between us and, you know, meat eaters on the earth is that our, we don't have a defense against our arteries clogging. So people that don't know what, like, arteries are, it carries blood to everywhere in your body, right? If your arteries are clogged to your heart, you have a heart attack, you die. Arteries are clogged to your brain, you have a stroke, we 
don't have a defense against the stuff that comes with animal products that, that clogs our arteries. Our arteries just slowly clog until there's a problem and blood and oxygen doesn't get to where we need it to go and our body doesn't function properly. A lion can eat all the meat it wants. Even omnivores that eat both can eat all the meat they want. They have a defense in their body against the buildup of it. So here we are with no defense, yet we behave like the lion. Um, so it's just interesting that um, it's just a different way to look at it. If you cut out all the modern stuff and you get back to, you know, what's the human body meant to eat, it's, it's quite clear, right? We have hands to kind of pick and pick fruit off trees or, or pick plants out of the ground. Uh, and another cool example I like to give is if you put a baby in a closed room with a, with a squirrel or a rodent of some kind, right? The, the, the child is not going to go kill the animal and eat it. It'll probably pet it, right? <laughs> it'll, it'll, if you put an apple in the room, the, the, the baby or the child might go over and take a bite out of it. If you put a lion in that same room, it's going to naturally just devour the animal. It, it's just a natural thing. Another good one, if you think about it, why do we as humans... When we see roadkill, when we see a dead animal of any kind, right? All of us feel sad, right? It's like, you know, you see the blood and you're repulsed. You're, you're, it's, it's gross, right? You see it and you're like, but we're blind to the fact that that's actually what we're eating when we eat burgers, when we eat bacon, right? It's dead cow, it's dead pig. And it goes against every sort of natural tendency that your body has. You know, all of us, if we saw a pig stuck in a fence, you, you know, you're walking home from school today and there's a pig or a cat or anything stuck in a fence that's, you know, hurting, we're compassionate beings. A lion would go eat it and be fired up and be like licking its chops and like excited about it. But humans naturally, like we don't, we'd, we'd go help it. We're we're compassionate, we're, we're not made naturally to eat this stuff. So that's kind of my theory on why the human body is just not meant to eat that, that animals, eat animals. So we got some time. You guys want to ask some questions? Yeah. Are you opening up a restaurant? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes, in Quincy. Um, so that's the other thing. Um, just having grown up here and talking with people, you give them this information, right? And it's hard to eat this way. You know, you, you go to stars or you go out to dinner with, with your family to Cafe Tosca or some Hingham restaurant, right? And there's no options without cheese on them, without milk in them, without... So it's just hard even, even for people when they have the information to actually implement the change in their life. So, yeah, um trying to open a restaurant that, you know, people of the South Shore can go and eat good food, still burgers, still pizza, but it'll be, you know, plant-based. Yeah. What do you like snack on? What do I snack on? Yeah. Uh, nuts, a lot of fruits. Um, you know, I do chips and hummus and stuff like that. And there, there, there's a lot of options. You just kind of got to open your world to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... First of all, to, to, again, separate why I, why I use the term plant-based and not vegan is because if you're just deciding to be vegan and you don't want to eat animal products, that's great. I totally support it. I think it's probably good for you. But you can still be totally unhealthy, right? You can still, Oreos are vegan. You know, there's tons of processed foods that are bad for us, really high sugar, high fat, and all that stuff that... Um, you know, are technically vegan, but they're not healthy. So I tend to focus on the, the plant-based, the whole food, the more real food you can eat, right? An orange is an orange. You know, a, you know, whatever, a granola bar has like 27 ingredients and a lot of things that you probably wouldn't even recognize, right? So more on the whole food plant side. Anybody else got anything? What would people have for lunch today? Honest question. Fruit? Nice. Sushi? Nice. Chicken Alfredo? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other advice I would give when it comes to food is when I asked you guys about, you know, what do you need to eat to be strong and healthy, everybody said protein, right? That's not... I encourage you guys to remove the word protein, the word sugar, the word fat, the word carbs from, from your life completely because it, it very much misleads you to food decisions, right? You reach for this stuff, all you see is the protein. You don't see that, well, the chicken and the steak is associated with disease and, and is bad for you. But we're so blind to it, all we, all we think we're getting from that chicken is high quality protein. So if we remove protein and you just step back and you look at the food as a whole, is the chicken health promoting? Is it good for me? Is the, the uh, orange health promoting? Is it good for me, right? Instead of saying, oh, I probably shouldn't have this fruit because it's too high in carbs or something. Or I should have that steak because it's high quality protein. When in fact, if you just remove those words and you just said, all right, let me just eat foods that are good for me, then you start making different decisions. You're not going to eat a piece of steak, hopefully, because of what I just told you, right? Um, the other thing I want to point out, does anybody, a term I like to throw around, does anybody know what quashio core is? The disease. Nobody knows because nobody ever <laughs> dies of it or unless you're in a third world country and you don't eat enough food. But this is, this is technically the, the, the medical term, the diagnosis for a protein deficiency, right? Nobody dies of it. Nobody's ever heard of it. But that's for some reason all we care about when we talk about food. All we want is protein, you know, protein shakes after we work out, protein, you know, everything. That's all we care about. But nobody is deficient in that. You know, even, you know, myself, you know, four years now, not eating any of that. And, you know, you just, it's not a real thing. Yet that's all we, we seem to reach for and care about. And so, again, I would encourage everybody to just remove those words from your life and, and eat more healthy foods. Anybody else got any questions? Anything? Yeah. So besides, like, um, you said, acne and allergies, yeah. like, what are some other things that, um, like, you feel like you benefited from when you, when you switched over? Yeah, so I can, I can definitely talk about, like, the sports fitness side of stuff. Um, right after college, I worked as a personal trainer for a few years. Um, have always, you know, tried to stay in good shape and that sort of thing. And when I, you know, started going plant-based and, and cut out all these foods that I was told would make me strong, it totally went against everything I was ever told. I actually got stronger in the gym, you know, at the same time losing a bunch of fat. Uh, my runs got faster. I slept better. I mentally was so much clearer and uh, you know, at two o'clock, wasn't falling asleep. You know, I would just had energy through throughout my body that I had never felt my whole life. Um, and when it comes to, especially the guys in here that are concerned, and wrestlers and whatnot, concerned about, you know, muscle and and building muscle and and not being able to do so without those foods, um, is just a total myth. Um, it's just not the case. Uh, if you look at kind of the strongest animals on the planet, gorillas, rhinos, right? They're all plant-eating creatures, and they can bench press a car. Um, I just had on my podcast last week, I was down in Miami. Uh, I had a professional bodybuilder. You know, he's been vegan for the past 10 years, and he is just crushing, you know, bodybuilding as a professional. So it's just, it's just not true, uh, and it's something in athletics, especially if you guys play sports. I remember... You know, we would literally, as a team in college, um, after workouts and after practices, we would all go to the dining hall, we'd all be given a protein shake, we'd all, you know, eat steak and that sort of thing. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's backwards, in my opinion. I've actually found without those foods that I've gotten, I've gotten better. Hey, what's happening? How's it going? It's nice to see you. You too. You don't mind me saying 
listening in for a minute? Not at all, not at all. Yeah, we're in, we're in Q&A. You got any questions for us? Oh, Q&A. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody else got anything? That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that like a lot of people, especially at like dinner, I guess, who base their meals around meat. So mm -hmm. what do you have to substitute for that? Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. Uh, you know, myself, when it's still to this day, when I go over to my family's house to have a dinner, it's the meat with something, right? It's chicken with ah, any vegetable we have, you know, rice or 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 broccoli or whatever. And yeah, it's just changing kind of your mentality and what a meal looks like, right? Um, in making the, you know, and maybe it just starts with, hey, let me, instead of half the plate being a piece of chicken or a piece of steak, let me make it a third. Let me cut that, you know, chicken breast in half. It's a third of my plate. And then I'm gonna add one more vegetable. I'm gonna go rice, beans, and whatever instead. So it's almost like crowding it out by, by adding other things in. Uh, things I do a lot, I definitely do a, a, a ton of rice, a ton of beans, um, you know, a ton of vegetables, fruits of all kinds. Uh, dinner, I love just making a, a bowl, like a rice bowl. Rice, beans, spinach. Uh, I love to put hummus, hot sauce on there, um, and that sort of stuff. And yeah, so I would say start by just making sort of that norm, shrinking that norm to be a third of the plate instead of half and add one more vegetable in there. And then slowly as you kind of start to shift your mindset around what a dinner looks like, um, you can, if, if you wish to, you know, cut it out. Yeah. For like protein shakes and stuff, do you just like not advise like using them or? I personally don't, but um, there's, so a, a sort of option I would say is uh, better is just um, there, there's plant-based protein shakes. Instead of like whey or casein or, or uh, you know, protein that comes from, from milk, um, you know, you can get it from peas, you can get it from soy, you can get it from rice. Um, you know, if you go to Whole Foods or you go to the fruit center here or anywhere, you know, they have all those options now. They have the, the soy protein, the, you know, all kinds of options. So if you still, you know, want to get that protein shake in, um, and the good news about the sort of the plant-based protein is, um, you know, it's not uh, associated with a lot of things we talked about. Anybody got anything? What would be like, you know, you know say like, well, hey, what would be like an average typical day for you? Like what, like what you, like what you eat, yeah. kind of like our snacks or drinks? Yeah. Like a typical average. Yeah, I'd say I'm slightly on the, hardcore end of that just because I've uh, been doing it a long time. But yeah, breakfast, I usually do uh, a smoothie. So um, I'll, I'll always start out with like um, spinach or kale and then just drown that out with, with fruit. Uh, and then you won't really taste the greens that you put in it. So I'll do spinach, kale. I'll do blueberries, banana, strawberries, uh, some almond milk, um, in the past, I've used protein powders that I'll put in there. Uh, like if you get like a good like vanilla protein, that's another way to kind of, if you don't like the taste of, of sort of the, the greens you're putting in there, kind of a way to drown it out um, and, and sort of taste like a vanilla whatever. Um, yeah, so I start my day off with that, a, a big smoothie, and um, I make it big enough. So it's, if I poured out the blender and put it in a bowl, it'd be like this massive stack of of salad, right? So it's, it's actually a big meal um, that, you know, you just kind of condense down into a shake. Lunch, uh, like I said, the bowls. I do a lot of bowls. That's probably kind of my go-to. Rice, beans, throw some avocado on there, any vegetable I have of any kind. Um, and then, yeah, I just kind of make it taste better with some, like, sriracha hummus or something. And... Um, you know, a, a dressing or, or whatever. Um, and then dinner is generally pretty similar. Snacks that I love. Uh, I eat fruit all day. I actually did the month of January. I ate all fruit because I was curious um, if I would 
waste away without, you know, protein and, or if I'd put on weight because it's high carb or high sugar and that sort of stuff. And, uh, um, I felt better than ever just, uh, again, sort of solidified the fact that, um, you know, we really overthink the, the, the protein carb, you know, fat stuff and just should eat foods that are good for us. Uh, so a ton of fruit, uh, that's definitely a staple of mine now. And, um, yeah, and it just gets easier as you go. Um, we all kind of have our routines, right? It's either you go to Chipotle after school or you go to be good or you go to Whole Foods and you make a salad or whatever. We all have kind of our norms. And once you kind of start approaching things in a different way and you, you know, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go to be good because I have this awesome smoothie and salad bowl that I can have instead of the burger. Uh, or instead of, instead of the, you can eat, you know, you can eat plant-based at Chipotle. You can get a bean burrito. Uh, they have tofu too, if you, if you want the meat in there. So just finding like the new things. And when you, you know, I know it's tough for you guys because your parents are shopping, uh, but you obviously have some influence over what, what they buy. So, you know, maybe go to the store with them one time and, you know, say, Hey, man, let me try this, you know, burger. That's actually, you know, made from plant protein instead of animal protein. And, you know, see how it goes. All right. What did you guys think? You, we learned something new? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little, makes you think, right? Yeah. Again, it's, uh, it's, it's not meant to scare anybody. It's meant to empower you that, you know, you're, you're in control of your health, in full control. And uh, if you care to, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to tell anybody what they should eat or, or can and can't eat. It's, it's just that you have the knowledge that, you know, if you want to, you know, give it a shot or, or make different decisions that you have the power to just like, I'm not going to tell you not to smoke, right? If you want to smoke, it's, you know, it's your life, but you should have the information just like, you know, smoking is bad. You should know that, you know, certain foods are bad too. Um, so that you can, you know, it's, it's your choice to make the, make the call. All right. We got to get a selfie before you guys go. All right. And I'll post it with the, with the audio and, uh, and if you guys do a better selfie than the next class, you'll be the first one, the first photo. All right? Cool. Thanks, guys. That, that was, appreciate it. Yeah. If humans are like naturally evolved herbivores, then how come like we've been eating meat for like thousands of years and doing just fine? Yeah. So my, my answer to that. So I would argue we're not doing just fine. I would argue, I would argue, you know, we have these numbers, right? That's, that's our bodies telling us something, something's wrong. But there are a lot of things we've done for thousands of years that it doesn't mean they're healthy. It doesn't mean they're optimal, right? We used to have slavery, for example. We did that for a couple hundred years. That probably wasn't good. So there's a lot of things that we have done throughout history that we look back on and be like, whoa, like that was wrong. So... Uh, that's my answer to that one. Yeah. Before you went vegan. Yeah. What was your favorite meat? <laughs> I used to love a burger from Fuddruckers. You guys know Fuddruckers? Yeah. 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 What's that? I have no idea. Probably, I doubt it. No, so good question. So it was, it was totally gradual. Um, but it started, I just changed my breakfast. I just, instead of my eggs and toast, I changed it to a green smoothie that somebody mentioned. Bunch of fruit, some spinach in there, some almond milk, blended it up. And I just, by noon, by the afternoon, by lunchtime, I just felt so much better um, than I would if I had the eggs. And, and I slowly kind of snowballed from there until I, I just went, I just went meal by meal until... And it wasn't a conscious decision to go vegan. I, I never in my mind was I like, again, I still had this like, you know, football sort of protein mentality. And at no point was like, I'm going vegan, but I just listened to my body and I just felt better and better and better. And I stepped back and I was like, whoa, I, you know, don't eat meat and dairy anymore. Yeah. Up on the board, you have all those like protein foods kind of grouped up together. Are yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you can argue it, you know, you, you can argue it all you want. And what I encourage people to, 
look at instead of, so if you're a guy like I am in, 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 in the past, I've thought about protein a lot, right? I encourage people to remove the word protein, carb, sugar, fat from, from your vocabulary completely, right? The reason we eat this stuff is because all we think about is that lean protein. We don't think about the fact that it's causing these problems. We don't think about the hormones, the saturated fat, the not to be gross, but the fecal matter, right? That used to be a, like an animal, right? Uh, all these things and the bacteria that you eat when you eat an animal, that's, uh, we don't think about all that. All we think about is protein. So if you remove that thought of protein, carbs, fat, sugar, and you just look at foods as a whole, is this steak good for me? Is it associated with longer life and less disease? Is this orange good for me? Is it associated with longer life, less disease? Right, so step back, look at foods as a whole, and, and make your decision based on that. That's what I say. Yeah. Question about like, the psychology of being vegan. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. How, do you, like, how do you not drive past like, a steakhouse? <laughs> no, like, this is a legit question. Like, how do you deal with like, the, like, going from eating meat a lot yeah. to like, just like, culture? Like, don't you totally, eat, like, yeah. a good steak? <laughs> yeah, so um, a lot of people don't believe this, but your, your tastes will actually change. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, I drive by a lot of bad things every day. I drive by convenience stores with cigarettes and booze in it. I don't stop and have it, right? <laughs> you know, so it's one of those things. Yeah, it's in our everyday lives, but I, I know the facts and I know I don't want to put it in my body, you know? Sorry, I'll get to you guys. What's up? Do you really think it's fair to compare like meats to cigarettes? Because cigarettes are like known carcinogens that are like known to cause cancer. This is known. But like meats yeah. are like yeah, the what's it called? The low health organization. Yeah. They say it's probably they have like no actual like evidence that says it's <laughs> Leave me your email. Leave me your email, I'll send you all the evidence you need. But it literally takes it literally takes, as I said, thousands and thousands of nutritional study. So we've have, we have probably known this for 15 to 20 years until they put it on the same category as cigarettes. I'm not saying, right, if you, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying if you have a piece of meat every once in a while, you're going to get cancer. I, I'm not saying, you know, you, there's a lot of people out there that have smoked a pack of cigarettes a day and they live till they're 95 and don't die of cancer, right? It's, it's inexplicable. But when you step back and you look at the numbers, it, it, you know, they say that for a reason. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. It, it's kind of like a mindset shift, right? Like, there's certain things, like for me, what was important was I just drew a line in the sand. I knew certain things were bad for me. Like, just like I don't smoke, that's how I approach it. It's like, no matter what state I'm in in my life, if you offer me a cigarette, I'm not going to do it. I mean, that's just how I approach it now. It took me a while to get there, but that's kind of my mindset with it. Uh, I have, like, two questions. Yeah. First thing, so you promote non- Yeah, so 100% started for me as a, as a health thing, as I, as I just told you with my story. Over the past year only, really, I've sort of learned about the environmental side of it. I've learned about the animal side and actually kind of seen where my food comes from, my old food comes from, your food comes from, right? And now I do support that stuff, but I'm here in front of you with, with a health perspective, and that's what changed my life in the first place, yeah. So just the other reason that, you know, evidence shows that just animal protein across the board, um, outside of processed meats too. Um, again, it's just a, it's a personal decision. You know, that's all it is. Yeah. What about, like, protein bars? Protein bars? Yeah, that's good. I mean, it depends, right? There's all kinds of kinds. But, like, I'll have a protein bar occasionally. I'll have a protein shake occasionally. But it's plant-based protein, right? It's pea protein instead of milk protein. Um, it's rice protein instead of, you know, casein, right? Yeah. I played quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. It was the last time we went to the Super Bowl, 2008 here at Hingham High.
Yeah. And would you consider um, a vegan kind of like diet more expensive than like a... That's a great question. Um, and I always say if your vegan diet is expensive, you're, you're doing it unhealthy. And what I mean by that is if you eat a whole food, that's why I don't like the term vegan. Um, if you eat a whole food plant-based diet, you're buying peasant food. You're buying rice. You're buying beans. You're buying vegetables. You're buying fruits. You're buying the cheapest, the cheapest foods on, on earth. Yeah, 100%. So this was a huge thing for me and a reason why I went this way. When, you know, only a few weeks in, I started noticing differences. Uh, I got faster on my runs. Despite what everybody told me, you know, numbers in the gym went up. You know, bench press, that sort of stuff went up, um, which is just not what I was ever told. Uh, so feel better than ever, just as strong as ever. Um, I just don't have as much fat, and I don't want as much fat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. These are good. This is good. Statistics suggest that that's the case, just like st statistics suggest that something like a cigarette does that. Same sort of comparison. Yeah. So again, everything you look at online, and this is an unfortunate kind of scenario that we're in right now. Every, like you Google right now, is bacon healthy, right? You're going to have a thousand articles from BS people saying it's good, a thousand articles from BS people saying it's bad, and then you have the real scientific data, which you actually need to go and read scientific journals, peer-reviewed, real studies. That's what I've learned to do and make my own conclusions versus listening to, you know, an article or a study. And unfortunately, most of these studies that are referenced that say bacon's great, right? I'm going to tell you bacon's bad. That's one I can definitively tell you that, right? These studies, a lot of them are, are done by these industries, right? They fund these studies. So that's also taken into account. So when you read in the fine print of a study, who funded this and what's the reason? Is there a monetary value behind it? That also influences how you interpret it. So again, I am, I'm in, I was in your camp three years ago. If you told me a piece of chicken breast or eggs were bad for me, I would have laughed you off a, I did. I laughed vegans off a, a, I had a friend that was a vegan, I thought he was a nutbag, you know? Like, but this is, but the, fact, the facts and the data are the data, right? And I can't, I also can't argue with what happened personally, right? At the end of the day, it's, it's what feels good for you, you know? Yeah. It's a good question. So, something I mentioned in the last class, all three of Boston's premier athletes across our best sports are now plant-based. Brady, Kyrie, Chara, all three. There's a reason why they're doing this. He just, this past two weeks, came out. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any, like, because, like, how full, how full you are is, like, a really important part of your day? Like, because, like, I know if I'm hungry, I'm not going to be able to, like, focus. I'm not going to be able to, like, be as productive like, as I was. So, like, does a vegan diet keep you from, like, feeling hungry? Or, like, is there any difference, like, you noticed when you were just starting out? Like, were you hungrier eating vegan than you were eating, like, protein? Yeah. At first, yes. But 
like anything new, right? If you started to give a comparison, right? If, if you're new to weightlifting and you go to the gym tomorrow and you, you know, go to bench press, you're going to be extremely sore. You're not going to know. It's going to feel horrible for your body, right? It, it's just like any change you undertake in your life. At first, your body's totally new to it. For me, it was 26 years of meat and dairy. And when I, for the first couple of weeks, it felt weird. You know, I did feel hungry, uh, but your body adjusts and then you slowly find the foods that are really dense, like beans and, and you know, peanut butter, almond butter, that sort of stuff that are dense and give you that feeling you want. Um, so it, it just, your body just reacts, it changes. That's, that's what I would say there. Do you notice any like effects from eating meat all your life now that you're like vegan? Um, outside of like the positive stuff? Yeah. Um, so what sort of, I mean, what happened to me was like, again, all health issues I had went away. Um, I sleep better, energy's higher. I don't need a bunch of coffee like I used to. Um, just across the board, feel better, feel stronger. And, you know, when I go in and get a blood test of the doctors, it speaks for itself. Um, yeah. So the one, that's a good question. So the one thing with a plant-based diet that we, we don't get is B12. It's a vitamin, right? And the reason we don't get it, and most people assume you have to eat animal products to get that. Um, the reason we don't get it is because we sanitize all our food. B12 is something found in the soil. So animals will get it when they graze, right? When they eat off the land. Uh, we don't get it because it's just the way our food is grown. It grows, it's sanitized, it's picked. You know, everything is just super sanitized, sprayed, and we no longer get the B12. Um, that's the one thing in our bodies that, you know, if you do go 100% plant-based, that people recommend, you know, you should take a B12 supplement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, depending on where you are. But again, my, my why, you know, my, my reason for eating that way, I'm very clear on, and I'm very, I know why I'm doing it. So I, it, that stuff doesn't bother me. Um, yeah, stuff doesn't bother me. Um, I mean, it's pretty instant in terms of certain things like energy, like digestion. Um, I didn't talk about digestion because people are a little turned off by it, but like it just, it just changes, right? And something I'd like to point out on the digestion front is that most people are walking around with a week's worth of food in their body. Did you know that? So if you take a, if you take somebody that unfortunately died in a car accident, um, that was eating the standard American diet, and you look in, at their autopsy, right? Almost in every case, they have heart disease has already started, cancers have already started. These are things that are very slow. They build up slowly throughout your life over, you know, what you eat and what you do. Um, and also digestion, literally a week worth of food. So once you start eating what is easily digestible, what has fiber, what has you know, nutrients, what has, you know, the right things for your body, that stuff starts working. Um, and something like colon cancer, right, that kills, you know, probably half of this number, 300,000 a year, um, is all just based on the fact that we have food rotting, literally rotting in our bodies because we can't digest it. Interesting perspective there, yeah. Yeah. Are there any like, negative ones? Um, I mean, certainly not that I've experienced. Um, I, I got nothing for you there outside of, you know, you know, if, you're, if I was living in Los Angeles or I was living in Vancouver or sort of a, a more of the progressive sort of modern hip, hip kind of cities that a little bit, you know, forward thinking than Boston, 
Uh, I wouldn't be saying this, but in the Boston area, um, you know, it's, it, it's a little bit harder to have a social life, right? It's harder to go out to dinner. It's harder to, you know, find foods in a social setting. It, it's harder to, you know, there's just less options. So I would say that's kind of the one downside here, but other cities in the world, and it's definitely changing in Boston that, you know, that'll change. Yeah. Was it Ben and Jerry's? What was it? Okay, FOMU. Yeah. FOMU. Yeah. I mean, again, like all of these are still processed foods, right? Just like an ice cream is processed. Just like, right there. I do think they're better, um, and I'll have it occasionally, but it's not something like I recommend you eat every day. You know. Anybody else? Um, I don't eat a ton of bread, but, um, I am particular, like I read, I read the ingredients on anything I eat, right? Uh, when it comes to bread, there's definitely like, if you turn over a loaf of bread and there's stuff you don't understand in it, you probably shouldn't eat it, right? When it's like the periodic table of elements on the back of there, like I wouldn't eat it. But if it's just flour, yeast, water, salt, and that's it, you're good to go. You know what I mean? So it's kind of case to case. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I know what I'm getting now. Like, the first week of me doing it was, like, I had no idea what I was doing. But now you have your norms, and everybody gets in their habits, and you're like, let me get your beans, let me, you know, whatever. Are we almost done? Yeah, we have two minutes. All right, we need a selfie. The last class had a pretty good selfie, so you guys got to beat it. you got to be creative.